Hey guys, welcome to the History of Vikings. Before we begin today's show, I have a very exciting piece of news to share with you, and that is that the History of Vikings podcast is now proudly sponsored by a company known as the Froggy Viking. They make beautiful, hand-carved drinking horns, and I encourage you to check out their website, thefroggyviking.com, but more from them later. If you enjoy the History of Vikings, then do me a favor and write me a review, as I would love to hear your feedback, and the more reviews the show gets, the easier it is for people to find. Also, you can always feel free to contact me with any questions, episode ideas, or Viking-related guests that you think I should have on the show. My email is noah at thehistoryofvikings.com. Again, that's Noah at thehistoryofvikings.com. Now, on with the show. Today, I'm joined by a very special man, somebody who has uh, really inspired me as a history podcaster, and this man really needs no introduction. Uh, It is Daniele Bolelli of History on Fire and the Drunken Taoist podcast. Daniele, thank you so much for joining me today on the History of Vikings. Of course. Thank you for having me. So, you know, Daniele... um, like I said before, um, it's really an honor to have you on the show today, and you really need no introduction, but I guess, why don't you start off the conversation today uh, by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to in history podcasting lately, and uh, what exciting things we can look forward to in, in History on Fire and the Drunken Taoist podcast. Sure. I, my introduction to podcasting happened in 2011 because I ended up being a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I didn't know how big it was, or I actually knew nothing. It was kind of like a quick uh, deep dive early on. At the time, I was mainly writing books and teaching history in, in college. And after that, I started being a guest on more and more podcasts. I eventually started a Drunken Taoist. And then a couple of years in, I realized, okay, I am podcasting. I am teaching history. One of my all-time favorite podcasts is Hardcore History. So maybe I can put two and two together and do something along those lines. That's kind of what I do as my day job and transfer it to podcasting. And so that's kind of was the genesis of History on Fire. And the whole goal was not to dedicate myself to a single particular topic, but to allow myself the freedom to jump from one topic to the next. You know, I would run a series, finish whatever many episodes those were, one, two, three, whatever. And then the next one could be about any other topic, as long as the key requirement being it had to be intense, it had to be something that make you jump out of your seat, it had to have that kind of epic quality, not just simply, you know, who was king in 1637, but something that strike deep at the roots of uh, what it means to be human, what it means to be, you know, the feeling I wanted to convey was you should feel listening the way you do when you watch Game of Thrones or something like that, where you're kind of at the edge of your seat waiting to find out what happened next. So that has been the goal of History on Fire. And I've been playing with topics that range from things that happened 4,000 years ago, things that happened 30 years ago, and on so far three different continents, Europe, Asia, and the Americas. I haven't been able to tackle Africa or Australia yet. But, but yeah, that's basically what, the, what my intro to podcasting has been. That's awesome. I love that. And I think that's one thing you do really well is bring history to life for people. Because unfortunately, for so many, it's, it's just another boring topic. But I'm curious, you know, you, you do jump around quite a bit in regards to the topics on your podcast, whereas somebody like me, 
uh, is kind of more niche down and focuses on Vikings. But what what fascinates you with history? And would you say that you have a, a favorite time period? Not particularly. I think there are, I mean, some time periods are more interesting to me than others, but there are all sorts of things that fascinate me, which is why I think he's better for me not to be tied to a single topic because eventually no matter how interesting it is to me the way my crazy brain works i would get like yeah but what about this other thing what about this other so i do enjoy being able to jump around i think both approaches are great you know you do need to have a more specialized approach to dive deep on one topic when you really want to know about that one and it is fun to be able to just dive in and then get out and go into a different topic I think both of those systems work. They each have their own uh, their own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, because I know you're also a um, university professor, if I'm correct, is that right? Yeah, I teach at a couple of different places in Southern California. Oh, cool. So, has history always been a lifelong passion of yours? Yeah, I kind of learned to read reading uh, children history books. They were always fun to me imagining, you know, I would, of course, they are designed for kids, so you have images and drawings and things like that, but you also have text. And as I was reading it, I would imagine what life would be like in ancient Egypt 3,000 years ago, or being uh, in the Roman legions, or being in Japan in the 1400s, or, and doing that was a great exercise in imagination and storytelling, because that, I think, is one of the things that fascinates me about history. Is it helps you snap out this feeling that what you see around you is the way things have always been, or you kind of take it for granted that there are certain things that, you know, it was supposed to lead to this moment, or there's a sense of uh, imagining that that's how all human beings are. Yeah. And instead, when you dive deep into history, you really get a window on the human experience in a much deeper kind of way. You, you are exposed to people who have lived with radically different priorities, philosophies, day-to-day -day activities, and everything else. And I find that incredibly fascinating. I find it a great exercise to kind of stretch your mind and, and really tackling what it means to be human. Yeah, no, that's very, very well said. Now, I'm curious, as a, as a history podcaster... Are there any certain history podcasts that you really enjoy listening to, ones that really get you excited? Yeah, there's actually a bunch because, of course, I want to be aware of what's out there in the history podcasting world. So I, that's primarily what I listen to when I listen to podcasts. There are a few others, but primarily I check out history podcasts. There's a lot of great ones to the point where, I mean, I'm going to give you a few names now, but I know for sure that I'm going to be forgetting 80% of the ones I listen to. And not because they aren't great, but, you know, because my scattered brain will focus on a few right now. Like one guy that I've worked with that I've really enjoyed has been uh, Daryl Cooper from the Martyr Made podcast. He originally, he had sent me this link saying, hey, you know, I want to check out my podcast, here it is, and you know, I get those from time to time, and most of the time the quality is pretty good, but when I started listening to his episode one, 10 minutes in, I was like, okay, hit the pause button, what's going on here? This guy is really, really, really good. Yeah. It's not just a little good or kind of good, this, this guy is amazing. Yeah. It's like Dan, Car Dan Carlin kind of quality. 
So I was, um, I really enjoyed, even though he has this horrendous title that I can never pronounce, the Martyr Made podcast. I'm not even sure what that's about, but the content is amazing. So it's, um, that one is awesome. Of course, hardcore history, that goes without saying, you know, Dan Carlin is the undisputed master of the genre. There's uh, Our Fake History by Sebastian Major is very nice. It's packed uh, shorter episodes. They're more like the 40-minute kind of range, but very well-crafted, very well done. There's, uh, there's really a bunch. I mean, literally my list is probably like, 20 different podcasts that I listen to in history. Yeah, no, there's so many great ones out there. Now, I'm curious, did you ever listen to, I thought I saw something on Twitter the other day, but did you ever listen to the Dangerous History podcast with Professor CJ? Yes, yes, I I enjoyed that, definitely. Yeah, that one's a good one, and I was actually, uh, for those of you listening who don't know that, I was actually just a guest on that podcast a few weeks ago, so be sure to check that out. Yeah, he's great. I I enjoy his work, good work. Yeah, no, he's he's a great a great guy. Now, you know, a lot of my audience, uh, Daniele, um, obviously is history buffs, but I know that I get a lot of history podcasters that tune in to my show as well. And you know, you've been in this for a few years now, and I'm curious, what advice would you give to amateur historians and history podcasters about? just convey or presenting history in a way that's engaging and really does it justice presenting history, not in a boring way, but in a way that um, makes it seem as though it's still alive today, because I do believe that history is, is still quite alive. I think a lot of it, you have to bring a human perspective to a story. You know, it's not enough to have great statistics or a great big picture view of the story. You need characters. You know, people relate to characters. They don't relate to principles. So you need to have uh, some kind of, uh, even if you don't have a single lead character in a story, but you do need to bring it back to the individual perspective. Because that's what allows people to identify themselves and be able to really put themselves in that place, in that situation. You know, there are topics that maybe I've done lots of research on, Right now, I was looking. I did a bunch of research on this. Um, what happened to Native Americans following the gold rush in California? But I don't know that I can turn it into an episode because it's. Um, I have a ton of data. I have a ton of information. I don't really have a first-person perspective. And the little anecdotes that I have are too scattered. From okay, is one person happened? Is one quick story? And then something else. Usually I need something that draws people in through, they have to be able to see history through somebody's eyes. And if I don't have some key characters in a story, it becomes very difficult to do that. Hey guys, I wanted to take this moment to hear a brief word from our sponsor. Aren't you tired of the same old plastic cups at parties? Want to feel like you're on set in Cottagate or Winterfell? Well, our sponsor could solve these problems. The Froggy Viking is your source for all types of Viking drinkware. Their one-of-a-kind drinking horns are a great conversation piece for any Norse Viking enthusiast. These horns are highly polished and have a food-safe grade lacquer that makes them great for cold liquids. I can promise you that their horns are of the highest quality, and I'm quite excited for my own tanker to arrive in the mail please check them out at thefroggyviking.com and they are also on social media at thefroggyviking. 
All of you listening to this can receive 10% off your order when you use the code VIKINGS10 at checkout. Again, please head over to thefroggyviking.com and receive 10% off your one-of-a-kind drinking horn when you use the code VIKINGS10 at checkout. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. That's it, really, really great words. So you know what sort of things can we look forward to with your podcast? It's, you know, we're recording this uh, live. Uh, mid-July of 2018. Uh, what what things, what kinds of exciting things do you have in store on your podcasts uh, for the rest of the year? So I'm finishing up this series that I started on the 47 Ronin, which is a samurai tale from the early 1700s in Japan. After that, I'm going to do a story about a serial killer who was active in London during the German Blitz, during the bombing of London, when there was a blackout in London, so I'm going to cover that one story. After that, I, I'm researching right now, I'm heavily into books and books and books on John of Arc. That's an insane story, you know, the idea of some teenage peasant girl in the... 1400s, who just one day get up and say, I'm going to lead the army to lift the, uh, the English siege and uh, make sure that the French king is crowned. I mean, that's just complete insanity. There's just no way you're also pulling that off as a female, teenager, peasant, illiterate, are literally 0.000001. They're just there's no logical path to that happening. And yet it did. And so that's one of those historical events that make you really scratch your head and go, wait, how did that? So that one is a, should be a fun one. After that, let's see what do I want to tackle. I think um, I may go back to one of my specialties, which is uh, the history of American Indians versus U.S. contact in the late 1800s. I think I'm probably going to cover City Moon and the Ghost Dance and Wounded Knee, kind of the end of that part of history. And then, uh, then I want to do a couple of episodes about one about what really is the father figure in modern martial arts, which is um, Kano Jigoro, the creator of Judo, and probably one on more um, a few decades afterwards, another guy with a huge impact on the perception of martial arts in the world, of course, being Bruce Lee. Yeah, that's all really exciting stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for, for the insight. Uh, I know people will be very excited about that. Now, Daniele, one thing that I've always wondered about history, and I think you've even had this talk with somebody a time or two, is, um, you know, I'll just use the Vikings, for example, because it's what I know particularly well, is uh, the Vikings are, were always imagined as, um, you know, just committing these unimaginable acts of violence. And certainly we see this all throughout history, especially in the Middle Ages, um, you know, with uh, Emperor Charlemagne forcing people to convert to Christianity and, and the Crusades and, and everything else. But, you know, is history as violent as we think it is? Is history just this this tale of human violence or... Or is there more to history? Is it the story of humankind? Uh, that's kind of a an interesting, deep philosophical question. But if you know what I'm getting at, uh, could you just kind of, what is your opinion on that matter? I mean, I think it's one of the problems of the field is that, of course, the stuff that gets recorded is the most dramatic stuff. 
uh, and of course violence and warfare tend to be high on the list. You know, if, uh, obviously the daily life of most people is not made of that. You know, even uh, a Viking raider probably spent way more time planting crops and worrying about who they were going to marry and worrying about their kids and all of that than they did raiding, you know. But that part, the, the raid is the, it's the drama, is the high action moment, is the, so we tend to attract more attention. So I think it's, um, it's both understandable and problematic. You know, one end is understandable because, of course, people tend to focus on the high drama. It's just how the human mind works. On the other end, I think sometimes we forget that most of history is not characterized by the high drama. And that doesn't mean it needs to be boring. There are some amazing scenes that have happened in much more ordinary circumstances. It's very hard to dig them up from the sources because people don't usually write that much about it. I mean, take even like a topic like sexuality, for example. They don't really write a whole lot about it in the sources. You know, you do have references here and there. You do have, but when you look at like trying to figure out something that is obviously central to the human experience and what the ideas, the behaviors, the attitude towards sex were in any given society at any given time. It's really not that easy. No. Yeah, no. And, and how do you, as a historian, go about trying to tell those stories, the, the stories of the average human being, you know, the humble peasant, uh, as opposed to the glorious dramatic warrior. Where do you look for those stories? Well, so far I've clearly failed because I haven't done it. So it's, um, you know, so far as being, even when I go to the individual events, they tend to be individuals who do something amazing. I do, I am fascinated with the daily life, or real daily life, not just for the extraordinary individual, but for what the average person would have experienced in such and such time period and place. Um, it's not something that I've yet figured out how to do well, in an engaging way, in a way that keeps people's attention. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And I think that's a very difficult task, especially because even if you look at some of the uh, first-hand accounts that we have, um, just take like the World War One novel, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, or if you just take any sort of, you know, um, literary source, literary book or something like that, it's always kind of dramatized. And Or maybe it's not dramatized, it just focuses on the dramatic aspects of um, the soldier's life, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because that's the and again, I I both feel bad about it because I realize that I do that a lot, and at the same time, when I look at history books that are even remotely interesting, they tend to focus on the drama. There's uh, not a whole lot of uh, I don't think too many people have figured out a way to make the ordinary be extremely interesting. Right. Yeah. No. It definitely takes a a um somebody who's number one passionate about history but somebody who really can put themselves in the shoes of the average of the average joe you know of the average um again medieval peasant or, or um just somebody who um didn't uh, live aspects of that that dramatic life yeah, because, I mean, even the way I do it is I'll end up doing an episode of John Park, and, of course, I'll be talking about what life was like for a peasant in France in that moment, because that's what will uh, 
what will make, make our story stand out even more. This is what would be expected from a normal peasant girl in 1400 strands, and this is what ended up happening. So, you know, I do give it a little bit of disservice by providing the context, but then, of course, the thing that attracts people's attention is how she breaks the mold. Right. Yeah, no, and that's fascinating. And that's one of those, another great irony of history, because like you said, here's Joan of Arc. She had everything going against her. She was a peasant. She was a woman. She was illiterate. Um, and she lived during one of the most violent eras of world history. But yet she was able to rally a nation. I mean, how is that possible? Is it, is it just everything? Is it about everything lining up correctly? Is it just a matter of coincidence? I, I think that's one of the unanswerable questions because there really is no logical way that what happened in her story should have happened. I mean, yeah, you can explain it, sure, but it, like, it requires so many things going the right way that it looks downright insane. Yeah. No, that, that is downright insane. Um, just crazy stuff, and you see that time and time again in, in the history books, and it's just absolutely remarkable. But I'm, I'm very excited to listen to those episodes, of course. But I, my last question that I'll ask you, Daniele, and, and thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. It's really a, an honor for me to be able to, to have this conversation with you. But um, again, I, I asked you before, you know, what advice would you give history podcasters and, and amateur historians as to how to convey history in an engaging way? Because in my personal opinion, uh, that's kind of an epidemic in the history community. So many people fail to tell the story, fail to present history in an engaging, relevant way. Um, but would you, I guess I'm, I'll just give you the opportunity to say any final words to my audience and to history podcasters out there, if you like. Is there any sort of, um, you know, um, final words or pieces of advice that, that you would give us all? I think the way... One thing to keep in mind is this. It's very easy when you sit behind the microphone and you don't see, you don't see the people across from you, the people who are listening. It's very easy to just go down these long rabbit holes that interest you, but it may, may not really that, be that engaging for somebody else. So I think what's important is to imagine, try having that conversation with a 10-year-old. Try having a conversation with your friend who may not be a 10-year-old, but really could not care less about history. You really are only going to have their attention for a really short amount of time. So you're going to need to say something in that time that makes them want to listen to more, that one makes, me, makes them want to give you two more minutes of their attention. And then, you know, in that two more minutes, you're going to have to find something else that will want to make them give you two more. You know, nobody signed up to listen to, it's not a classroom where people have to be in the classroom when you have a captive audience. People are choosing whether they keep listening every five minutes. So unless you give them something that, you know, you need to put yourself in their shoes. It's like if I was a 10-year-old kid or if I was the random person who could not care less about history, it's not like history nerd. What, what would make me want to listen a little bit more? And that's where you come up with, you know, there are plenty of things in history that happen where you can tell, you can tell the exact same tale in a really dry kind of way that would only attract the interest of people who are fascinated with that particular topic. 
or you, you find something that, that makes anybody who's human, anybody who has a pulse go, wait, wait what? what? What just, just happened, happened there? How did that? that? It's, it's the, the same stuff that, that you know, how, how do you inspire people? How do you throw something out there that make the average human go, wait, what? This is fascinating. This is speaking to me as a person, not as a history buff, not as a specialist, just as a human being who enjoys passion, who enjoys, uh, you know, the kind of things that all humans tend to respond to. And I think that's an important thing, is put yourself in your audience's shoes. Why should somebody be listening to what you're saying? Um, if, if you, you can, can figure, figure out a, an answer to that question, question then you're doing very well. well. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's excellent advice. And Daniele, it's been an absolute honor to have you on my show. Uh, thank you so much. I'll be sure to uh, put links in the description to all of your podcasts and all of your work as well. But it's been an honor having you on the History of Vikings today. Sweet. Thank, thank you so, so much, much for having me. me. If you enjoyed this episode of the History of Vikings, do me a favor and write me a review. You can always feel free to contact me. My email is noah at thehistoryofvikings.com. Join us again next week right here on the History of Vikings. Thank you.